When your dad started building a man cave in your bedroom, you knew it was time to start building something for yourself. Let's job it up. At CareerBuilder, we're ready to help at every stage of your search. Build a resume, get industry tips and advice, and apply to multiple jobs in just one click. Start your search at CareerBuilder.com. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one of whom I said, A man is coming after me who ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. I did not know him. But the reason why I came baptizing with water was that he might be made known to Israel. John testified further, saying, I saw the Spirit come down like a dove from heaven and remain upon him. I did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, On whomever you see the Spirit come down and remain, he is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Now I have seen and testified that he is the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it begins again. Last week we celebrated the baptism and this week we begin ordinary time it's the second sunday of ordinary time the first sunday is always the feast of the baptism and we start all over again we start looking at this jesus that we've come to pray to and worship and be familiar with it never gets old the story is always new the story is always vibrant and the story is always unique to every one of us according to our families our personal lives and the time of year it is, not necessarily January, but the year, the decade in this case that it is. So it begins again. Before we look at John and Jesus in the, in the Jordan, go back to Isaiah. When Isaiah the prophet wrote this particular reading, 40, chapter 49, he was writing it inspired by God. That's why if you listen carefully, you hear he's talking and then he's also repeating what God is saying to him. So he's recording as well as really reiterating what God the Father, the Holy Spirit is telling him. When was this? It was during the Babylonian captivity. It's during terrible times for the Jews. They've had major 
events in their, their history as Jews, Jewish people, various invasions, the Holocaust included. But they've always maintained a sense of hope. And today's reading is an example of that sense of hope despite the bad times. And when I read the scriptures, I always read them from, the, from my own spirituality, from the perspective of my life today and our lives today, as well as the historic events and when they took place. So think of God talking to any one of us during those rough times of our lives, during times that things don't seem they're going the right way, or our spouses are not in communication with us, or we lost somebody, or some other disaster. So God is talking to us as if we are in the Babylonian captivity, way away from home. And he's saying, God is speaking to Isaiah, and he's saying, you are my servant, Israel, and I'm going to show you my glory. So they're down and out, they're depressed, they're away from their homeland, and I, Isaiah says, God is speaking to you, and he's saying that you are his people, you are his servants, you're to do his will, you're to carry on what he wants of us. The Lord has spoken, who formed me from the womb. Isaiah talking about himself. So the words I'm giving you, Isaiah is saying, aren't mine. God formed me as your prophet, even in the womb of my mother, so that we could be gathered to him. God is inspiring me. And I, Isaiah, am made glorious in the sight of the Lord, and my God is my strength. Okay, this is Isaiah, he's talking about the people of Israel, but think of that as our prayer. It looks like things are rough, it looks like things aren't going our way, it looks like everything's horrible, but the Lord is our strength, and he's with us through, through all of it. The Lord is my strength, and he's with you. And as a matter of fact, God says, you know why I just called you my servant? You're not my servant. You're my soul. It's too little to call you servant. I will make you hope, a light to all nations. So I'll the people of Israel, but we as a spiritual reflection take this also for ourselves. Things are dark and dank and bad and confusing, but even in that darkness, God is saying to every one of us, I'm going to make you light. I'm going to make, make you able to see my presence in your lives. Now, of course, he brought the people of Israel home, and that's their salvation. And their salvation was to reach the ends of the earth. And the word for salvation in Aramaic and goes back and forth, to save, to heal, is the same word. So salvation means healing, and healing means salvation. To be saved, to be whole. That's how God's plan for us for all of us to be members of his household and to be whole, healed, and to share that healing with one another. And we get that reiterated in Paul's letter to the Corinthians as he says, it's funny, this whole piece of, of Paul's letter, these first three lines are just an intro, introduction. He's saying, basically saying, hi folks, here, here am I. But he's not saying that only. He's saying that I 
Paul and Sosthenes, my associate, are here to bring you what I'm supposed to bring you, and that is Jesus Christ and his healing. That's why he's here, Paul. We are Christians. We're members of the body of Christ. That's why we're here, to bring greetings to one another and peace and grace of Jesus Christ to one another. And who is this Jesus Christ? You heard last week in the baptism of Jesus celebration, Jesus goes into the Jordan and John says, I should be baptizing you? No, you should be baptizing me. And Jesus says, let it go. Let's do what we got to do here. And John remembers it differently. John the author, that was a different evangelist last week. John remembers it differently, and he quotes John the Baptist, and he says, and this is interesting, see that guy coming over the ridge? That's the Lamb of God. Now, he was in the Jordan River, and I wore this particular vestment today because on my pilgrimage to the Holy Land a few months ago, the pilgrims gave me this as a gift. And it reminds me of being back there in the Holy Land. And as I said often since I came back from the Holy Land, I can't read the scriptures again ever without being back in the Holy Land. So as we hear John in the Jordan pointing to Jesus, we were there. I was there with the pilgrims. And there were tons of other people. And they all went through their own spiritual rites, whether it was renewal of baptismal promises or baptism itself. But we were standing in the Jordan River. And I could see Jesus... I, I didn't. But I could see Jesus walking over the ridge. I didn't want to say I had a, a vision, you know. But I could have. And what does John do? Is he standing in the, this water, baptizing people for their sins and bringing them back to God? He says, there's the Lamb of God. Now, you would think that, that we say that before the communion, every Mass. You would think that's a, that's a nice compliment. Our oh, Lamb, they're cute, they're soft, they're cuddly, and, you know, the whiter they are, the prettier they are, the softer they are. And, and you know, you see, I, I saw tons of people with lambs and little kids holding lambs, and it's like warm and toasty kind of stuff. But that's not what he's saying. He's saying, see this, this person? You know what you do in the temple? for atonement? You know how you bring the lamb, an unblemished lamb, to the priest? And he slays it? And then that blood is sprinkled on you and sprinkled on the, the altar? This is the lamb, the, the only lamb of God, whose blood will bring us hope and salvation. After this, Jesus, we don't need any animals in the temple. He will be the, the sacrifice. He will be the altar. And he will be the priest. The Lamb of God. Not just another cute little lamb walking in the pasture. This is the one that's going to bring us hope. The people of Israel knew what the lamb signified. It marked the time when they left Egypt, another crisis, during that period of their lives. And God told them through the angels, sacrifice a lamb in your homes and the angel of death will pass over your house. Jews still celebrate Passover. This is our Passover, the altar. 
So the Lamb of God was a symbol of freedom and hope, escape, and oneness with God. So when John says, this is the Lamb of God, he's not saying, oh, look how cute and toasty, look how cuddly he is. No. This is the one, he didn't finish it, through his whole life will take away the sins of the world. Through his whole example will offer every one of us hope. Every one of us grace. Every one of us connection with God so we can get through the dark moments of our lives. Even the joy joyous moments of our lives. But this is the one who's going to do it. And he comes forward, and then John is really John the Baptist. And, and see, John the, the evangelist, there's two Johns here, so I'm going to make, make it clear each one I'm talking about. John the evangelist is very spiritual in his writing of the Gospel of John. You know this for and each gospel has, has its own orientation. John's gospel is very ethereal, heavenly. As a matter of fact, the symbol of John from the days of St. Augustine is the eagle because his gospel soars. His, his gospel takes us out of the earth and brings us to, to a very important connection with God. So John is recording differently than Matthew and Mark John is recording what the Baptist is saying, and the Baptist is saying, the one who sent me to baptize all these people inspired me and said, the reason he's coming is to testify and give you the Spirit. And the one upon whom the Spirit rests, that's the one. Bingo. You got him. The new Lamb of God. John the Baptist is recalling this, but John the Evangelist is saying, the heavens opened up, and the Spirit of God came upon Jesus. Wasn't there, don't know what it looked like, but everyone there knew something was happening. And John the Baptist says, when God inspired me, he said, the one upon whom the Spirit Falls is the one that will baptize anew in the Spirit. Yes, we'll use water, but he won't be baptizing for your sinfulness. He will be baptizing you to bring you grace, and as Paul says, to bring you into the body of Christ, to bring you into the family of God. So John the evangelist continues and tells us that this is the Son of God. And he remembers what John the Baptist said. And John the Baptist, as, as you know, he was a little wacko. He was, he was wild. He was like one of these crazy evangelists. And, and I'm not making fun of him. God knows is exactly what it was like. And he had no sense of power. He had no fear of anything. He was sent by God to do God's work. He criticized Herod, who shacked up with his brother's wife. He criticized the, the priests who were making a disgrace in the temple. He had no fear of saying anything wrong as long as what he was saying was saying, being said on behalf of God and God's law. And that's why John lost his head. 
He was brought into prison, beheaded for Herod's girlfriend's daughter as a gift. So he knew what he was doing. And it changed with him. Again, we have the opportunity to start again. To look at who Jesus is. John is out of the picture. God bless him. Did great work. He was the precursor. He opened the way to Jesus for us. And now we have Jesus. Jesus who gives us access to God. Jesus who gives us access to grace. So you know what grace is? It's funny, I had a professor in the seminary, Maurice Duchesne, wonderful, wonderful priest. He was my spiritual director as well. And he taught a whole course on grace. And I thought, oh my God, when I took the, you know, filled out the, uh, the forms to take a whole course on grace. First of all, I didn't really know what it was. And a whole course on any one subject seems a little uh, boring. <laughs> and it was a course on understanding God's spirit in each of us. How when we receive the Eucharist or, or sign ourselves with water or, or, or confirm, God's Spirit, His grace comes into us to give us energy, to give us strength, to give us the, the, the reason we make decisive moments in our lives and decisions that are positive. God's grace is like breathing and we breathe in his grace and perform his acts of mercy and love for one another. That's the reason you forgive one another. That's the reason we give to the poor. That's the reason we, we share with the homeless and, and, and those who are hungry. So that we can have more energy to do that and receive God's grace while we're doing that. And who gives us God's grace? The Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus in the form of a dove or like a dove, he was filled with it. That's why he became such a nut. He really did. Look, 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 all his work. Where to get him? The cross. But he was God's man. He was doing and saying everything he needed to say because he knew eventually he would be sacrificed as the Lamb of God. And through his blood, we become closer to God. Through his blood and his crazy teachings that make no sense to a secular world, we become more wholesomely members of God's family. It all begins again today. Our whole mystery of faith focused on Jesus, our Lamb, our sacrificial Lord, our altar, and our priest. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. 
University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by Chev. When we talk about McDonald's combo meals, we talk about savory meat, golden fries, and your favorite drink. Now, the combo meals just got crispy, juicy, and tender with the new crispy chicken sandwich combo. And you have to try it. Get a classic or spicy crispy chicken sandwich with medium fries and a medium soft drink like Sprite for only six bucks. Promotion pricing may be lower than meal pricing, cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.